This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. Good morning. It's Tuesday, Tax Day. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So yesterday, I mentioned all the incidents with young people in the loop over the weekend. Groups of teenagers were stomping on cars, fighting and disrupting traffic, and at least three were injured by gunfire. On top of that, 15 people were arrested. Experts are saying Chicago needs to do something to prevent this in the future, but they don't really agree on what that something would be. Kara Crutcher is an attorney with the nonprofit Good Kids Mad City. She told WBEZ's daily talk show Reset that Chicago leaders should be paying teenagers to help keep the peace. We have so many young people that are actually already trained in this. They are folks that are, you know, de-escalating conflict. Um, they are keeping things chill and cool. But some law enforcement officials say Chicago needs an even heavier police presence downtown and should be focusing on the small number of young people who are instigating these violent incidents. That might work, but the Chicago Sun-Times is reporting that some folks are not very confident in CPD's handle on the situation. Downtown Alderman Brian Hopkins accused the police department of a, quote, total breakdown in command and control. Apparently, there was poor communication and infighting between city and police officials through all of this. Hopkins said there's no excuse for it having happened three days in a row, especially since these types of incidents are not new. As I mentioned yesterday, something like this happened last spring and Lightfoot issued a curfew for unaccompanied minors. Now, the Chicago Sun-Times is doing some comprehensive reporting on the chain of events over the weekend and what city officials are saying about it. You can read more at chicago.suntimes.com. The White House is proposing some strict new limits on tailpipe emissions. And the limits would require up to two-thirds of new vehicles sold in the U.S. to be electric in the next 10 years. Now, one thing I think about when it comes to electric vehicles is charging stations. I mean, according to the few of the Lyft drivers I've asked, the infrastructure is still not really good enough. In Illinois, there are only about 1,300 public charging stations. Now, think about how many folks are driving in the city. We have outrageous traffic basically all day long. At the very least, more e-vehicles on the road will require way more charging stations. Larissa Kohler is with the nonprofit Environmental Defense Fund. She was on reset also, and she said Illinois will actually need thousands more, and they should also be easy to access. I think installing charging stations at destination centers and making sure they have charging stations available at grocery stores, that they have highway charging, I think will be helpful. Kohler says there's a bill in the state legislature that would require most new housing construction to include EV charging capability. As of last month, there were about 65,000 electric vehicles in Illinois, according to the Secretary of State's office. Summertime shy hasn't even hit yet, and the entertainment and hospitality situation in The Loop is doing pretty good so far this year. My colleague Claudia Morell is reporting that downtown Chicago's post-pandemic recovery was strong in the first quarter of 2023 and is expected to grow as the weather gets warmer and warmer. 
A new report by the Chicago Loop Alliance found that arts and culture and other special events were the leading drivers. More than 800,000 people made their way downtown the first few months of 2023. The Alliance has been tracking visitors, workers, and residential life in Chicago's central business district since the pandemic. Kiana DeStasi is the chief marketing officer for the organization. Year over year, the line just keeps creeping up in terms of, of people coming back downtown. DeStasi says occupancy at hotels has more than doubled compared to last year. Now, office occupancy is still in flux, but it's much better than most cities. And before we get to the weather, a few quick hits. Cook County set a record last year for deaths from opioid overdoses, almost 2,000 people. And at least one of those people passed away on the blue line. And his mother has been pushing the city to do something to avoid this going forward. So Block Club is reporting that the very first free Narcan vending machine is going to be installed at the 95th Street Red Line station. Narcan is a life-saving medication that can reverse overdoses, so this could help folks who overdose on the CTA. And one day after the faculty at Chicago State University suspended their strike, faculty and staff at Governor State University are also planning to return to classrooms today. They've reached a tentative contract deal with the university, and their union leaders say the agreement addresses workload concerns and gives faculty, quote, fair compensation. GSU faculty have been on strike since last Tuesday. As for the weather, it's warming up a little bit again, clear and sunny with temperatures in the high 30s this morning, going up to the upper 40s, low 50s this afternoon. Temperatures might be back in the 70s again tomorrow. And that's it for the rundown today. Thank you for listening. I'm Erin Allen, and I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.